Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode 28 of Sparkle and Destroy, also known as the pop punk episode. One, two, three, four. heard Haley and the Crushers new tune I don't want to be like Johnny Ramone which will be on our forthcoming LP um, that will be coming out on eccentric pop records this winter I felt like this would be the perfect song to throw into the mix today for the pop punk episode Um, I did give this song to Alex Kish at What's Up Rockers Radio out of Ohio, and he played it, and uh, Mike in Tokyo Rogers promptly played it too, so I thought, you know, it's been sort of premiered, why not get it out there into the world, and what better time than on the pop punk episode of Sparkle and Destroy podcast. Of course, when I say pop punk episode, I really just mean the screeching weasel episode of Sparkle and Destroy podcast. And I think you can hear a lot of the Screeching Weasel references in this song in terms of the snottiness, the delivery, um, and the sass of the lyrics. Um, I talked with my guest today, Kelsey Weasel, about Bum Bum Bum, Screeching Weasel, because we 
both have had a very similar trajectory in terms of hitting puberty and hitting Screeching Weasel. Same time, baby. So um, I think things bite you at a certain age and they just like a weird venomous spider, They it just never goes away. It's just in your veins and you really can't escape it. And why would you fucking want to? So this episode is all about pop punk as self-care, <laughs> which is a buzzword of the day. Um, and just enjoying the things that you enjoy and uh, not having, not giving a care to use um, a term I used in this I don't want to be like Johnny Ramone's song. Not giving a care, uh, showing my 90s uh, vocabulary here, um, about what other people think about your not guilty pleasures, because I'll tell you what, they're not guilty to me. Um, And um, I think, in fact, I would credit Screeching Weasel for getting me very motivated to learn more 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 punk songs on guitar. I think a lot of people talk about how the, the Ramones were big in inspiring um, people to pick up the bass or the guitar. And it was like that for me as well. Um, I got into Screeching Weasel before the Ramones. Um, So I was playing Screeching Weasel songs on my guitar in the converted barn that was my practice space where I could play as loud as I wanted with my Line 6 amp on recto, which was like the super distorted most gain you could have. Um, I got into punk rock from my friend Britta in seventh grade. We were in PE class and she um, gave me a burned CD from her brother that was Operation Ivy's Energy. And I never looked back after that. Um, This was in the year 2001. Yes, 2001. Uh, That band had been broken up for many years, but it felt so vital to me. And as a guitar player who was getting into bands that my guitar teacher was very into. Like my guitar teacher was like, this is The Clash, this is X, uh, you'll love these bands, check out these, because he really wanted me to learn lots of different kinds of music, like reggae, rockabilly, blues, punk, uh, surf guitar. He got me into the ventures. And so um, I already had a kind of an idea of what punk was, but once I heard Operation Ivy's Energy, I thought, oh my God, this is so vital, especially for someone who's 13 years old, Get it, becoming an adult, I mean, Jesse, Michael's lyrics and his attitude and his delivery are so mesmerizing and like so fortifying for that age group. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. And if you look at my uh, my ninth grade yearbook post or picture, I am totally rocking the Operation Ivy t-shirt. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, it was through the Lookout Records website that I found out about other Lookout bands and that's where I found Screeching Weasel and the Queers. So I think I might've actually bought my Screeching Weasel t-shirt before I even heard them because I thought the name was cool. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I like other things on this label that I'm going to like Screeching Weasel. And, um, lo and behold, I freaking love Screeching Weasel. And, um, I think the first record I got, or actually CD, you know, was early aughts. Um, I can't remember if it was Anthem for a New Tomorrow. I think it was Anthem for a New Tomorrow. And then uh, Bark Like a Dog and Television City Dream. And that's kind of the three that really got me into Screeching Weasel before I really dove into the whole catalog. Um, and I remember being very uh, impressed with the the lyrics and um, looking them up online and trying to understand. I talk about being an archaeologist of Screeching Weasel in this um, in this interview with my dear friend Kelsey Weasel. 
I remember playing songs off Boogada, um, like I Want to Be Naked and Supermarket Fantasy. And we talk a little bit about how some of these songs have affected us. Of course, today, this episode is not all about Screeching Weasel, but it's it's kind of interesting. That is sort of what led us to meet each other. Um, I met Kelsey Weasel through Ben Weasel's Twitch TV channel, which is basically just his I'm talking at you um, uh, live stream Twitch uh, channel. And um, I was interested in it because I had kind of like been reinvigorated by my love for Screeching Weasel after some dormant years of kind of not listening to the band for a while. Um, I think what happened was I had um, reconnected with Aaron Cometbus, who is one of my favorite writers, and he wrote about the um, East Bay punk scene in the 80s for a long time, and he still does write about um, art and punk and all sorts of things. He doesn't live in the East Bay anymore, but um, I had connected with him and he had been such a huge influence on my writing and uh, my life. Um, and he became a pen pal of mine. And I think from there I was like, you know what, I want to go back and listen to a lot of the things I was listening to when I was a teenager on the Lookouts Records, <laughs> Lookout Records um, message board where I first, I think, traded some random guy on the message board my um, Comet Bus um, ad toner book for Ben Weasel's Punk is a Four-Letter Word, and we traded, read the books, and then sent them back, which now sounds so archaic and old school and weird, but that's totally something that you would do back in the day. So yeah, um, I got in touch with um, Jughead because I really wanted to read Weasels in a Box and the book... Uh, was actually out of print. And for those of you that don't know, that's a autobiographical book, well, loosely autobiographical book uh, with all the names and details changed to make it super confusing, but a great book nonetheless um, that John Jughead Pearson, a guitarist for Screeching Weasel for many years, founding member, um, wrote. And he sent me a PDF of the book and I read it and I just thought, oh, I just want to go back into this whole world that I had become very entwined and excited about. And so um, I read that book and then I fell even farther down the rabbit hole with Jughead's podcast, which is called Jughead's Basement. And it is fantastic. If you're a fan of pop punk or just punk in general, please go check it out right now. Um, In his earlier episodes, he goes through these amazing detailed interviews with bands um, and and just really goes super in detail. Uh, Lately, he's been doing these sort of more casual interviews with people, and I was super happy to be on his show um, a while back. And he's a great, awesome dude. So I think he kind of... um, brought me back into that world again because I was listening to his podcast and getting into um, some of the older lookout bands again. And even though Screeching Weasel is not anything like any of the Bay Area bands, really, and I guess you could say in some of their attitudes, um, they're similar, but the style is completely different. Uh, the Chicago punk scene versus the uh, Bay Area punk scene is is very different. But um, I like the the idea of bands being a little bit different and still sharing a label or sharing a bill, um, which I think you see less and less of these days. So, um, yeah, so that kind of got me back into my screeching weasel vibes of, of yore. Um, I realized that Ben Weasel had a Twitch channel and I got on the Twitch channel and then I met Kelsey and Kelsey was the only other gal in the Twitch. And I think that was like love at first sight because we talk about how 
women can be kind of competitive or weird with each other, but Kelsey from the get-go has always been really sweet, really nice. She's a huge super fan, super kind. Uh, when I was on tour in the Midwest recently, she came out to our show and was just the nicest. And I really appreciate people that are down to earth and say what they mean and mean what they say. And that is absolutely Kelsey. So um, we do talk a little bit about our obsessive love for Screeching Weasel. Um, not so much that we're obsessed with Ben, although I, we both treat him like sort of a hobby, <laughs> which is kind of funny, actually. It's like, um, I think of him as like, um, I don't know, like a, a talking head on like a, uh, like a new, like a news pundit or um, a comedian or I don't know. It's more than just his music that uh, resonates. It's it's he, his whole kind of shtick as a performer is all encompassing. And sometimes you peek behind the curtain at the real dude, but for the most part, you get uh, the the very um, flamboyant and hilarious and silly and sometimes downright mean guy. So. Um, so that gives you some background, because um, I feel like you might come into this like, what the fuck are these girls talking about? What the hell? <laughs> um, you also might hear a little bit of construction in the background here, and I just want to say sorry about that. Uh, Dr. Reed Kane is upstairs remodeling some bathrooms. I am in La Lomond, California, which is a tiny little mountain town, uh, about 40 minutes outside of Napa, very remote, um, lots of these 1960s era um, kind of falling apart cabins that have been uh, here for generations and Italian families for generations have been coming up here to party. Let me tell you what, party up here in the woods. <clears throat> and I'm here for about 10 days. Um, we're on a day, I think, 18 of van life, uh, which doesn't really count because, like I said, I'm staying at a friend's house. And I did go to my mom's house for a couple days in Bremerton after our show in Seattle. Um, thank you to everyone that came out to our shows in Portland and Seattle, especially the, <laughs> the third, um, impromptu show that we did after our drummer flew back to California. Um, a, a mutual friend was looking for someone to hop on a bill because one of the band's, um, drummers, speaking of drummers had, um, lopped off, you know, part of his finger with a table saw while trying to uh, ready his school bus for touring, which I think is fucking awesome. Like he was going to basically convert this school bus into a tour bus and had basically finished it and was just doing some minor touches right before the show when he basically, uh, you know, screwed up his hand. Um, and so I said, Hey, well, I mean, we'll play. We're in the area. Uh, we were in Bremerton, which is about 40 minutes away by ferry. Uh, and I thought, eh, whatever, we've been hanging out at my mom's house. It's been cool, but, you know, why not have another punk show? And so that ended up happening, and I didn't have a drummer, so uh, a mutual friend hooked us up with a guy named Jason Shaw. Hello, Jason. Jason Shaw, you are amazing. He had never heard our band, had never heard of us. I sent him a link to the music, and he just learned the shit, got up on stage, fucking killed it. In fact, he had a piece of paper that he stuck on top of um where the he he had his um tambourine on the kit so when he would whack the tambourine it's like he could look over at his notes and uh he did an amazing job i mean it was quite shocking how well he did um not to discount our regular drummer uh benjamin action ben cabriana 
Uh, he was awesome too. Um, all weekend long, he was killing it. Uh, it was really kind of a touching show for us, a couple shows for us because Dr. Kane and I are in the van and I don't know really how long we're going to be in California for. I think we're just kind of here for a little bit and then we're going to take off again for the Midwest and um, more show dates. So it was kind of cool to have that time with Ben, um, who I guess because it was maybe our last show for a while kind of went nuts. So first of all, he came up earlier in the week. Uh, we had two shows, one in Portland, one in Seattle, and he came up earlier to visit his sister in Klamath Falls and with you know, hanging out with his buddy and stuff. And uh, he lost his phone in the Rogue River, which I thought was pretty perfect. Um, after that, he proceeded to lose his skateboard in a parking lot. He also did a backflip in front of the, the venue at the Twilight Cafe, which was insane. He got really, really drunk and puked in front of a Target. <laughs> uh, he made out with a girl, maybe more than that, hard to say. Um, and some other things, unsavory things that I won't even get into, but he basically was just like running wild in the streets and having a blast while also playing magnificently. So that was pretty shocking. We played with two bands in particular that I really like, X Kids from Portland and Dynasty from Seattle, featuring Steve E. Nix from the band The Briefs. Um, and Lauren uh, Goffin, Goffin, Geffen, um, is the lead singer there, and she's sort of like a, a punk rock Wanda Jackson, so please check them out. And X Kids is just a band of fierce females that are basically just playing hard and fast rock and roll and they're super fun to watch so and listen to so check both those bands out um I think that's it we're just kind of rolling on the on the road uh, I did a blog post recently on is your boyfriend in the band.com uh just kind of a little intro to our life on the road and uh the various toilets we've been through so far in the van um that's it's just life right now life's crazy but I'm so grateful for the shows we've been able to book, uh, the tour dates we have coming up, and the new album. And, you know, I people like Kelsey, people you meet on the internet, they can become real-life friends, and she certainly has. So before I ramble my entire life away, this is the one, the only, Kelsey Weasel, a.k.a. Kelsey Boyer, a.k.a. Kelsey Boyer, a.k.a. Kelsey Weasel, depending on which group you are in. Take it away, Kelsey. We are live and direct from Chicago with my friend, Kelsey Weasel, a.k.a. Kelsey Boyer. Or should I say Kelsey Boyer, a.k.a. Kelsey Weasel? Which one is like the first one? Um, yeah, I guess it depends on what circle I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very, the, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, the, the guys from Weasel always call me Kelsey Weasel. So uh-huh. if I'm around them, then it's Kelsey Weasel, but. Not tonight. Uh, tonight you're, you're no. Kelsey Crusher. Kelsey Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one thing that I feel like really connects me to you in a weird non-internet way and we have met in person so let me just say that's pretty cool mm-hmm. um you know other than drinking malort with you and experience you said it right, you said it right this time malorts with a z at malort. the end 
Um, Kelsey bought me a shot of Malort in Chicago at Liars Club, and it was very disgusting, but in like a very festive Chicago way. And um, I really appreciated it. It, it really it, you indoctrinated me into Chicago, and you're. I know you're not from Chicago. This is just a new experience for you being in that city, but you have. Anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, yes. So before we had the Malort, or Malorts as I like to call it, um, I knew you through your fandom and your super fandom for Screeching Weasel. You are the only woman in my life who likes Screeching Weasel, number one. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) Number two, you're the only woman in my life who might like Screeching Weasel more than me. (laughs) (laughs) Or not in my life, but just like that I know of. Right. So that's very cool. Um, And you have a sense of like super fandom in a sense where you see a need and you help a band. And I really like that because I feel like I'm the same way. And when I see a band that I really like, um, I try to do what I can to help them. And I think that's really totally cool. Uh, As being a a person in a band, I really appreciate it when I get that, but I also like to to give that to other people. So I felt like that connection with you, that you just feel like it's your duty to like help out and like be involved. And I wonder if you've always been like that or if it was sort of like a journey to get to that point. Um, No, I, I definitely think that's by nature. Like, you know, the personality quiz that you take I'm the um what do you call the uh mediator like that's what I always get on the personality quizzes so I think that's just who I am as a person like making sure everyone has what they need is taken care of um feels good and is happy so something like Screeching Weasel where it's been such a huge part of my life since I was 13 I kind of just jumped at this opportunity to be able to help out. You know, they've, their music has helped me out throughout my life and just kind of been a source of entertainment and fun and um, release and escape from the real world sometimes. So I feel like it's, it's something that I can do to kind of pay them back. I think that's so great. And to, for our listeners that don't know, Kelsey is very involved in helping out with, the Screeching Weasel website, a lot of the the web kind of goings on behind the curtains, as well as plenty of other interesting duties, everything from creating, um, uh, what is it called <laughs> for Kickstarter um, rewards, oh, like these yeah. uh, um, guitar pick earrings. Yeah, I to... still have those because I am horrible. <laughs> See, I like that's me. I'm I really want to be helpful, but. I'm also really bad at like completing projects. So I have the earrings made, but I can't figure out a way that I want to package them to actually send them back to Ben and not be embarrassed. (laughs) And actually getting to the post office is also something that's hard for me to do. Understandable. I get it. Um, But going back to kind of, uh, of what I was saying about, or what you were saying actually about, you know, a band gives to you, I mean, very indirectly, you know, when you listen to a band that you really like and you get a lot out of it, I certainly, oh my gosh, when I was 13, 14 years old, I was learning like supermarket fantasy on guitar. I knew every word. I (laughs) learned a lot of Screeching Weasel songs on guitar when I was first starting to play. And like, 
I loved the humor and the cheekiness and the, the ease that I could learn some of these songs. And I loved Ben's kind of snotty persona. And so for me, I totally get what you're saying when it comes to like a band can just give to you in this weird indirect way. They'll never know about it. But it's right. very rare for somebody to like toss that ball back and be like, hey, you helped me out. Now I'm going to help you out. And that's what I think makes you sort of special, especially in a world where like you can literally just be an anonymous streamer who just like you just stream music, you listen to it. It's very disposable. You don't even have to like necessarily get out of your car, go to a record store and buy the band's record. You don't actually have to go to shows to like to go on YouTube and like get a piece of that band for free. And so it's kind of rare to meet people that are like, I mean, I guess aside from just like the punk scene, like of course a lot of punk communities are very hands-on and like there is a reciprocal kind of thing happening between people doing fanzines and people playing shows and people putting on shows but just in this new internet world as a fan like I relate to you so much because the first thing I do when I like a band is I I still send like a fan letter like I will send I will mail something you know I will I will send a weird email you know (laughs) and people are always kind of shocked because they're they think I'm gonna be like intimidating or something and then they're like, oh, no, you're just like a fangirl like everybody else. And that's a joy. Like that's part of life is like the joy of being a fan, the joy of giving back to a band that you like. And it just so happens to be that the band that you like has some weird like, I don't know, like strange contradictions with like yeah. your sole purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, and it's – yeah, I think you hit it on the head like I'm – as – Growing up with Screeching Weasel, I all I ever wanted was to meet Ben Weasel and meet Jughead and Danny Vapid and talk to them and like have them know how much I liked them. So him opening up this live stream that he does and like actually getting the opportunity to talk directly with him and t- like I had already been to what like nine shows at Screeching Weasel shows at that point. So I mean he had known me. Um, but to actually, yeah, have the opportunity to talk directly with him and then work with him. It's something I didn't expect. Um, and I think it is really easy to just be a passive, uh, consumer of this, uh, of art basically. And not there, I feel like there's almost, it's almost seen as like lame or something to care too much about something. Totally. And that's not that's not really me. I care a lot about a lot of different things. Sure. And I should mention also that you do work with Planned Parenthood and you're a very strong feminist woman. And I would never say there's anything inherently not feminist about Screeching Weasel. I don't believe that. I think that Screeching Weasel is all about individual liberty and I've always said mm-hmm. that. It's 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 about individual liberty and individual sovereignty regardless of whether you agree or disagree with like certain songs or Ben's tendency to be uh, reactive or sometimes to uh, oftentimes to be play the devil's advocate yeah yeah. he he is the devil's advocate like that's who ben weasel is that's why we love ben weasel and that's why certain facets of the world hate ben weasel and a lot of people hate ben weasel and that has been another charming part about him you know he 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 takes that energy and throws it back at the world even more you know opinionated you know right so to that point um I find, and we should mention also that uh, Kelsey and I are on uh, Ben Weasel's Twitch TV. 
And Twitch is a platform that allows fans to interact with people um, in real time. Um, and so Ben has a Twitch. It's called, what's it called? My Right with Ben Weasel. My Right, yep. And we're both total nerds. <laughs> and it's like my TV time. I'm like, I tell my husband I'm watching my stories. And it's like Ben rambling about like the news of the day or bike shorts, <laughs> yep. as you know. <laughs> and so um, we, we are And how much he hates technology. And how much he hates technology. And one of the points we wanted to, I wanted to bring up is like, I love and I'm fascinated by his mind and how he thinks and his the way he reacts to the world. But there are definitely times where my feminist like ethics and like how I feel as a as a woman in the world, I feel like a little bit like I don't know, not underrepresented. Maybe I don't know. There's not yeah. a lot of girls in the room, Kelsey, yeah. and we're the girls yeah. in the room, and it puts you in an interesting place of like a privileged place, but also like a place of like there's certain things that are said where you're like. I don't know. I'm the girl yeah. in the van. I'm the girl in the van and I have to just, you know, like I'm just yep. a fly on the wall. And I wonder how you feel about that, both in like the context of the Twitch uh, being like one of the only girls in the Twitch, but also in the context of the pop punk world, which I think you have a lot more um, connections to than I do. So I wonder kind of what your feelings are about that in general. Yeah. And it's um, when we were talking about doing this episode, I, it, that's kind of what I said. Like, I feel like I have to keep those two worlds separate and it is uh, being in that Twitch environment. Um, there are things said that I don't agree with. Um, and I, but I don't really feel like it's, I don't feel like anybody's going to that space to change their mind. No. Yeah. And with social media in general. So I don't really feel like it's worth my effort and my energy to try to sway anyone in there. Um, and you know, that's kind of a privileged standpoint, you know, that right. I can just, um, be quiet and kind of blend in. Uh, but I also think that there's, you know, it's either I'm there and still, um, you know, representing a different, uh, cross section of the population, or I'm not there and it is all boys right. talking about this. Like at least I'm there. And Absolutely. Yeah. I am learning kind of like you said, how not just Ben's mind works, but almost <laughs> like how, how the other side you could say um, is thinking. Um, and I think that makes me more informed Um and not that I'm ever really like out arguing anything anymore. Um, but I think it, it is important to hear the other side's perspective. I think it's really easy for people to block out all opposing viewpoints and only That's not hear very punk rock. It's not very punk rock to do mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And, I, and you're not, and you, you're not learning anything either. I, I always want to be learning and, um, I'm really interested in people in general. That's what I, w I went to school for sociology, um, which is also how I ended up at Planned Parenthood, kind of that um, um, social justice uh, uh, yearning for <laughs> social justice, I guess. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. I love that. It's just so interesting to me. Yeah, and I think it is kind of funny, though, that you and I are the – the two women in there 
right uh, most of the time and where we are pretty vocal feminists in our other life sure and not to say like we're not saying that like Ben is uh like a Republican or that he's like yeah. on the other when you say like on another side it's not like we're saying like oh this is a it's not a political twitch this twitch is not political right there's nothing oh. political about what he's <laughs> he is he he is very much for personal <laughs> sovereignty and that is like yeah. where he stands that's where a lot of his arguments come from so it's that's not like true. we're saying that but I do get what you're saying and I think what I found interesting is like I always consumed my pop punk in a vacuum where like I just thought oh this was a thing that happened in the 90s I really liked Screeching Weasel and the Queers when I was a kid I got into them like because it was that was a perfect time to get into it it's a little bit rudimentary it's a little bit sassy it's a little bit teenage like it's a little bit dumb and fun and like I liked all that stuff and um I still you know you know, as an adult liked that stuff, but I never realized, and I've said this in other podcasts, like I didn't realize there was a world <laughs> where like this nineties punk pop punk thing had never died. And yeah. instead so it had been fed and it had been feeding on <laughs> itself. It had been cannibalizing itself, even um, creating some really great bands, but also creating some really terrible copycat clone bands that are just like, what, how is this even happening? And I, I can say that because I'm not part of that world. So <laughs> sue me. I don't care. Um, so for me, like when I got – when I was like, oh, Ben Weasel's on Twitch. That's cool. And like uh, doing Song Doctor where he was giving me notes on some of the songs that I was doing. Yeah, that was and cool. like that was super cool. But I also at that time didn't realize like, oh, my God, there is this whole pop punk universe. And I think a lot of my, my listeners probably don't know that that's a thing because uh-huh. I've talked to people about – when I, it's like the minute I bring up anything pop punk, they're like, what? Like, it's just, it bothers me. Like they're, they're just so like, they shut down, you know, they're like, like Blink-182, like, like Sun 41. I'm like, oh no, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, but anyways, this is a rambly ramble, but I guess what I was saying is, um, you've kind of been more at some of these modern pop punk shows and part Mm -hmm. of this modern pop punk scene. And I don't think people realize that like, it's sort of like, I don't know, like there's, there's definitely like rules like there's strict rules and there's definitely a sense of like the girlfriends are the girlfriends and the guys Uh are on stage and not that it's like this like anti-female movement, but there's definitely like room for like strong women like you or like me, like a lot of women out there that to to just be more like, I don't know, just, just giving, uh, giving themselves like, like we were talking about earlier, like giving their gifts and like being part of it instead of just being on the sidelines. Yeah. So I w- I've been very fascinated the last like two or three years to like realize like what this world is and like to see some things where you're like, oh, wow, like there aren't a lot of women that are just, you know, sharing their their gifts, you know, they're kind of just like wearing the T-shirt and they're in the corner. And I wonder if like that's something that you can relate to or if I'm kind of like seeing it from this weird outside liberal like West Coast, like, you know, bohemian perspective, because <laughs> like that's definitely me. <laughs> I am not Midwest yeah. at all. <laughs> I'm yeah, drinking I mean, drinking a Savion Blanc grown in Paso Robles, California. Okay. Hey, I have I have a gluten-free beer right now. Whoa, Kelsey. So, <laughs> I know. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I I I definitely relate to the name of your blog. Um, you know, it's but then it is weird for me because I'm not actually a musician, so I never have been in the band. I always, yeah, but you are like, okay. 
and sorry to cut you off, but like when you see punk documentaries, they're always talking about the bands, but it's not about the bands only. It's about the promoter. It's about Mm -hmm. the person that made the flyer. It's about the person that got the show going. It's about the person that, that made the list of like contacts to like make that happen. It's, it's everyone. And like, just for one person to get on stage, it takes a million Kelsey weasels. It really (laughs) does. It takes a million Kelsey weasels to make a band to turn that needle and get a band to go like from, you know, a 50 person club to like a 75 person club or like from a basement to like a venue or like whatever. So I don't think you should discount what you're doing just because you don't play music. Like that's not the only thing that a community needs. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, No, you're totally fine. I was just going to say, and then I do find myself being the girlfriend of the band also a lot of times um, more as a a byproduct. That's not a very nice way to say that, but um, just kind of as a result of being into that music and that's what I'm around and those are the people I interact with and that's what I'm interested in. Um, So I have found myself always dating people musicians um mostly in punk bands well that makes sense Uh, it does make sense yeah um can you talk about your fiance's projects (laughs) and a little bit about your love affair I know that's kind of like a big oyster to crack Uh, and I know there's a long story but please like let's let our listeners know so they can check it out yeah let's just link to the dummy room episode um (laughs) Yeah, no, we, so we met uh, eight years ago now when his, his band Cobain's was playing. And, and who's we and who's he? So I, wait, who's we? Yeah, you're, you're not saying his name. Oh, so his name is uh, Eddie Cobain um, in the punk rock world or uh, Edward Pignataro in the real life world. Um, so he's been, he's the drummer of Cobain's. And Kelsey um, just, I, and I have to say, Kelsey just calls him the drummer in the Twitch. The room. drummer. And it's and like. <laughs> I, I, I love this running joke. Um, yeah. I mentioned, what was that? I think one of the very early episodes I mentioned that we were doing, I was doing date night with the drummer. Um, and so there was a big hoopla about dating drummers. And I think it's been funny for all the regulars in the Twitch channel to kind of see that relationship continue to progress and yeah you showed him wrong you showed I mean, him wrong we just, yeah <laughs> he's a good guy people that are attracted to artists and attracted to like people that create things are often you know energized by that and they energize each other and so it sounds like you guys have a good relationship but I know you have kind of an interesting story about how you guys met and it's very romantic so yeah, yeah I want to hear that I, I've already okay. heard it like five times but I, I think my <laughs> listeners should listen to it Okay. Is it, how much do you edit this? Cause I was going to say, I can kind of start over with this story and you could just cut it from that. Um, I don't <laughs> edit that... it that much. I only have like um, 50 listeners. So, and like my mom, so just, just go for it. I want the graphic version though. I feel like you've, uh, you didn't like give like the real okay. like graphic. Yeah. You know, I want to hear everything. Yeah. There's, it's so, it's so hard for me to like wrap my ideas around everything, but there's so much to that too, because I, in that dummy room scene, because it is one of those boys club punk pop punk circles. And you should mention what the dummy room I, is because our, our people yeah, don't know. So true. now another yeah, aside. So the dummy room, Kelsey, laugh. please describe. Oh gosh. So this dummy, the dummy room is a podcast similar to this one um, that happens once a week. And it's all about pop punk, mostly <laughs> 75% 
screeching weasel based probably. And then, um, the other 25% bands that are influenced by screeching weasel. Yes. Um, and Kelsey and I are big fans. Yeah. We're also <laughs> two nerds. We're, we're, two, we're two of the only three women that have been on in the dummy room. Again, this is why we're talking. It's like, if we, yeah. like, we have to, we have to have a conversation at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> there's, there's so much like I, I, every time I go to say something, I'm like, Oh, but this, um, but yeah, so it's a pop yes. punk podcast. Um, and you can check that. out her episode and she talks about meeting Eddie and their relationship there. So, but give me a recap. Just give us a little okay. cute recap. So Cobain's played in Salt Lake City eight years ago. I went, um, showed up because there weren't, there wasn't much happening punk, pop punk wise in Salt Lake City. So anything that did come through, I was definitely going to. Um, so I went, I met them. I talked to Marky, who's the singer and guitarist about his Riverdale's tattoo. And then, um, Eddie, the drummer gave me all the CDs and some stickers. Um, and then they actually, my, um, friend's band that was playing with them, uh, invited me to go hang out with all of them at the hotel that the Cobains were staying at, but I, um, didn't go. Um, it's funny, the, uh, Facebook memories for that day popped up and I had this like list of everything I did that day. And it was like, ride my bike across town, go to the arts festival, go swimming, go to a punk <laughs> rock show. So it's no wonder that I was exhausted and didn't want to go hang out. Um, so I didn't go hang out with them that night, but, um, Ed friended me on Facebook. Um, and Thanks, Facebook. Yep. Yeah. I was gonna say we met on the internet, but we did meet in real life. Um, so yeah, they, he had friended me on Facebook. Um, we had a few kind of like flirty exchanges on Facebook and then he disappeared. Um, I found out later it was because he got married and she didn't want him to be on social media. So that's why he kind of went quiet on social media for a while. And then, um, fast forward to last year, um, he added me on Instagram. I saw that he had a kid. So I assumed. Whoa, kind of, you that's know, crazy. The, that's crazy. Though, to be like, thing. That's just crazy to be like, okay, so we had a flirtation. It was whatever, like a magical moment, blah, blah, blah. And then like, whoa, now you have a kid and like you're divorced. Mm-hmm. Like it's like pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, and I thought, I just assumed he was still married and I was actually in a relationship at that time too. So, you know, I didn't really think much of it, but then I came out to, Chicago from Salt Lake city, um, to see Ben Weasel, of course, of course, um, I mean, of course, of course, um, doing a show. I've and... still never seen screeching weasel. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I know it's terrible. When they played LA, I wanted to do it, but it just didn't end up happening. But yeah. that, that Santa, wait, the Santa Ana show or LA, uh, Santa Ana, Santa Ana. I was at, I was at the last one that they did there. So I, yeah, we could have met then. Yeah, I'm like four hours from LA, so I used to live yeah. in LA area, but now I'm like farther away, so it just makes it harder. But anyways, go uh, ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, the Santa Ana show was like five minutes from the mall we used to go to when we were little kids when uh-huh. I lived in California. And so he, it's kind of. I, and sorry, he, he wore his sparkle jacket, right? 
Um, did he have that one? I think he did at that one. Yeah, Ben Weasel had a sparkly jacket that was like literally Dolly Parton would cry and like like rip this thing off of him because it's just so opulent. It's so it's so good. Um, and then I actually met the guy that made the jacket at the Seattle show. No. Yeah. He was oh this God. really cool, cute little punk rock kid. It, like not what I was expecting at all, but I stood next to him, um, before screeching, we started playing at the Seattle show and he told me that he made the jacket. If that kid still oh. lives in Seattle, I'm going to go find him in two weeks when I'm playing in Seattle and see oh, if he yeah. can make me some hot pants. With some fucking crazy rhinestones. Yeah, he was he was really nice, and he was like up. At, I'm always like the nerd at the screeching weasel shows that gets in as soon as possible and goes to stake out my spot at the sure. You got, you got your lawn chair, you got your umbrella, yeah. you got your chips, totally. <laughs> you got your malort. Anyway, that's sorry. Why, that's why that's why I always have to date guys that like screeching weasels so that they can go get me like a water, and I'll just <laughs> hold down the fort. <laughs> you go get me a beer. That's amazing. Um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. This was a weird aside. Okay, so going back to your amazing <laughs> I'm sorry. trying to he was trying to be all he, I felt like he was trying to be all coy and cool guy. So I remember telling my um, coworker at Planned Parenthood, like, yeah, I'm gonna try to go out to the show um, in Chicago in a couple weeks. Like, it's always fun to go see Weasel because I see all these people that I know from online. I've seen at other shows, and then there's this guy that I met years ago that's trying to be Mr. Cool Guy and saying that he might show up if he has time. Wow, <laughs> so, just like a yeah. drummer, just like a yeah. drummer. They always so, do that. <laughs> So then, yeah, I didn't really think too much about it. Um, But as soon as I landed in Chicago and started posting that I was there, he was, like, liking and commenting on all my posts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's meet up at the show. And then um, we did and ended up hanging out. In a minute. Hadn't done in a minute. Um. We, we went out, it's so random. We, it's after this Ben Weasel solo show, we went out to this random swap meet out here in the suburbs of Illinois um, to do a meet and greet with CJ Ramon. And it's like two in the morning. Wait, why was he there at two in the morning? It was some, they have these crazy giant swap meets here. Um, and there's always like meet and greets with these like kind of celebrities. I mean, CJ Ramon, to us is pretty cool, but I think most people are like, you know, wouldn't be that excited. But like, even among Ramones fans, people are like, CJ, that's like the yeah. least, per- that's like the least exciting Ramon that I want to meet. And it's so sad because he's so great. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so we did that. And was like, he like, thank you so much for showing up? Yeah, he, he was really <laughs> excited. And um, I got a picture with him. We were with Maria, who is uh, Marky Cobain's wife. Um, yeah, it was fun. Um, and then- I don't think CJ gets enough credit because he basically, like, saved the Ramones during a time where, like, the band could have pretty much died, you know? And, like, he should de- he deserves more credit and more respect than he gets, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Just just want to put that out there because when I was uh, – we, list- yeah. we listened to his new solo um, record when we were – when Ed and I were – we did a trip out to Salt Lake City and then drove a Penske back to Chicago to move some of my stuff uh, in May. And we listened to CJ's solo album. And there were some pretty cool songs on there. 
Haven't so, heard it. Yeah, you should give it a listen. There's a few like ones that I don't really need to hear again, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that's, that's kind of how I feel about all that. I'm like, I'm just like, mm, do I really want to taint the experience by by going doing this now? Do I need to do yeah. this now? I would go see him. <laughs> like, I would totally go see him play. Yeah, but uh, okay, yeah, he's pro- he's probably like the most active. Oh, when I was at the Berlin Ramones Museum in Germany, um, I was shocked because, well, I wasn't shocked. This makes sense. But, uh, I mean, he's like the only one doing stuff besides Marky at this point. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was like all these uh, CJ t-shirts and CJ pins. And I was like, wow, this guy is not only is he active, but he's traveling everywhere. He's plays uh, Europe a lot. Mm -hmm. I've seen that, you know, he that he plays with other bands a lot that are like cool modern bands. And I, I respect that. And I feel like, honestly, if Didi was alive, Didi would be doing the same shit. I mean, I don't think he, I don't know if he'd be playing Ramon's songs or his own stuff, but I think he would be out doing, you know, touring and, and being on the road and like doing all that stuff, you know? Cause like, that's just who he is, you know? So I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has way more energy than I do. For sure. Absolutely. Like I don't have any energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, I don't even know. So we ended up doing that. And then he took me back to my hotel in the city. And, and then. Sparks flew. I, I, yeah, they did. And <laughs> um, then I had to go back to Salt Lake City the next day. Um, and I was kind of like, it was kind of like what the fuck did I do? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I then, mean, come on, he's a drummer. First mistake. <laughs> my, my mother always yeah. said two, two rules, never marry a drummer and always marry someone who will dance with you. Those were her two rules. Aww. She, well, she obviously got dumped by a hot drummer. Yeah. So. <laughs> drummer, yeah. so you were like, Oh no, what did I do? But like, yeah. You know. But then also it was just like, it felt right too like I was there the only thing really going for me in Salt Lake was that I worked at Planned Parenthood and I really liked that but um I wasn't happy in the relationship I was in I felt really stuck um that I wasn't meeting any new people um and that you know I was just kind of like stagnant so uh, it really did kind of open up this opportunity for me to kind of um realize this dream that I had of wanting to live in Chicago. Um, so I kind of just did it. And what excited you about, like, why was that a dream that you had? Like, what did you like about that city? And like, now that I've been there, I can see there, there is definitely like a charisma to that city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it definitely started with Screeching Weasel, of course. Oh, really? <laughs> That's <what> I am. <laughs> um, Cause I knew that they were from um, Chicago or I, yeah, you know, I thought they were from Chicago. Now, it, you know, they actually grew up in the suburbs, which right. kind of adds to their story. And that's actually where I am now is in the suburbs, um, which is also kind of funny. Um, You're such a stalker. I know. <laughs> um, I really like it is one of those things like if I'm going to be into something and care about something, I'm going to care about it like 100%. But that's so. what I respect about you because it's like not cool to be like that. And I totally understand. 
Yeah, I'm definitely not cool. But again, that's like, I, uh, you know, everyone always asks too, like, how did I get into Screeching Weasel? Because I wasn't cool. Yeah. And they had songs about how it was, you shouldn't want to be cool, you know? Cool yeah. kids, like, you don't want to be the cool kids. So it's, it, that's what really spoke to me when I was an awkward 13 year old. How did you feel about cool kids and bark like a dog in general? Um, I like bark like a dog, actually. I really do. Um, me I really like too. I really like the artwork. That one, anytime I see that um, album color cover, it's just um, it, it's just so nostalgic of that time in my life when I was like discovering this music and um, finding something that I really connected to, and just like fun nights and days driving around, um, and you know, sitting next to my locker in junior high and high school. You know, like it's yeah, so, for sure. I have the same 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 shit. Totally. Yep. So, yeah, I, I really like that one. Um, I, mean, trying, like, I, I remember because this was like late 90s, early 2000s. But like I remember like trying to like understand some of the references. Uh-huh. Like there's a lot of rough pop culture references in Screeching Weasel songs where you're like, wait, like, I guess I kind of know who the Brady Bunch are. <laughs> but like it was a while ago. And like, you know, stuff like that. And I always, I, I admire that. And I put, I, I feel like I put some weird pop culture stuff into my songs, you know? And I think that like, you can do that in like a, a tongue in cheek way. That's like pretty, pretty, pretty great. And kind of a time capsule. But yeah. I do remember being like, uh, what are tough skins? Like, I don't even yeah. know. Like yeah. I don't have a Sears <laughs> in my town. Um, anyways. Yeah, totally. Like being an archeologist of screeching weasel and like, going through the liner notes and stuff. I, I did that. I did that yep. shit. <laughs> I know. We are probably like, yeah, little <laughs> mirror images of each other. Yes. And I loved Television City Dreams so much as well. Yeah, I like that one too. That one has some of my um, my very favorite songs on it. Um, beautiful hooks. And yep. uh, it's very like, I don't know. Like I just remember listening to that on my portable CD player, like laying in the grass, like staring up at the sky um, so anyways, you're back in, so you're in Chicago, you have a new apartment or a house uh-huh. in the townhouse, townhouse yeah. in the suburbs. Townhouses, townhouses are the thing here. It's so weird huh. to me. That's not a thing in Salt Lake city really. Yeah. Like I don't even like, you know, when people say like town car, I don't even know what that is. Like what's a townhouse? <laughs> what's a town car? Are these things that are like in New York? Like what are these things? Tell me, what is a townhouse, Kelsey? Yeah, so, I mean, it's like we're connected to a few other units. I mean, when you come inside, it basically looks like a house. We don't have windows on the side of it, only windows on the front and the back because the sides are connected to other townhouses. Right, okay. Um, (laughs) And it is kind of, there is definitely kind of like a Edward Scissorhands, like, feel to the neighborhood. I mean, it's very nice. I think I had told you it's very quiet and safe here, but, um, yeah, it does kind of have that feel. Um, Hey, suburbia. Hey, suburbia. (laughs) I love that song so much. Yeah. Um, I I live in a suburban neighborhood as well. And it does feel extremely Edward Scissorhands, especially because it's like all the houses were built in the early sixties and there's a lot of pastel happening, like a lot. (laughs) See, that's kind of, that kind of sounds cute at least. This one's just it was built in like 2000. So okay. it's kind of just like white. In fact, uh, my friends and I were filming a music video today for my song Small Lives from my album, album Cool Aim. And it's about living in suburbia. And uh, we basically are utilizing all of the weird cookie cutter 
you know, vibes of our neighborhood to our, you know, to our advantage, even though it's, I think most people would deny. I remember being like a young punk rocker and like living in punk houses and like living under the stairs (laughs) and like shitty places in Long Beach and like denying, you know, my, like my need to shower and denying like that, you know, I gave a shit about like oral hygiene, (laughs) but like, I'm I'm cool with it now. (laughs) To that. I never, I had maroon burgundy hair one time, but other than that, I've always had like natural colored hair. I was never really into the super like dye my hair, spike it up, get a whole bunch of piercings. I was just kind of was normal. I mean, I I maybe wore a lot of black. Right. (laughs) But you were, you were like definitely fitting in with on within the, the, the structure. You were yeah, like an not, agent. You were like a double agent. I just didn't really feel like the need to, you know, wear this like costume, I guess. Sure. I just like wanted to wear jeans and t-shirts and I mean, I wore like Converse, but yeah. that was kind of the extent of it. I wear a lot of denim jackets now, but I've never really had a, like a leather jacket. Um. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think your need to be that crazy is directly in proportion to how well, you, like how much you want to deny your upbringing like I had a pretty I mean I didn't have a terrible childhood but it was very like it I mean it was kind of bohemian and weird but it was mostly normal and so I think Mm -hmm. a lot of those kids like they just want to like reject that and be like I have a shaved head now yeah and I was definitely like I'm shaving my head and like getting a lip ring like I totally did all that stuff all those like teenage tropes and uh it's like it's a good thing. Like if I had kids, I'd want them to rebel in that way. Cause I'd think, you know what? You never really had to deal with that much adversity that now yeah. you want to live in a punk house where you like literally have to pee in a bucket. Like now you want to do that. Well, you obviously didn't like, <laughs> you weren't raised in like a tent, you know, you weren't raised in a trailer. Like if you're raised in a trailer, you're not trying to like glorify that lifestyle. So I'm like big enough to be like, okay, I can admit I totally did that shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know what it was. I mean, yeah. My... yeah but, but now I'm like, I live in suburbia. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but I also live in a van sometimes. So that's fine too. Well, and, and like that's almost like, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> just what you, what I can afford. Cause here that's what's affordable Yeah, is living in a suburban townhouse. Like I can't afford to live in the city. I also don't really want to live in the city. Um, it's too, like I'm kind of was ready to step away from, that life. Um, sure. And let, tell me about your Planned Parenthood life because, yeah. oh my goodness, how can we wait this long? I mean, switching weasel is important, but like, what about women's <laughs> reproductive rights? I know. Um, um, <laughs> we're yeah. terrible people. We're terrible, <laughs> this, terrible this feminists. Episode, these poor people listening to this. Um, you know what's important today? You know what's an important topic? Ben Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, it's just so interesting. It's, it's so it's a hobby. It's so interesting to me. It's a hobby. I think, like, I kind of had mentioned at the beginning, like, it, a screeching weasel has always been kind of that it, it escape for me sure. from real life. And a lot of my real life um, is, like, the sort of Planned Parenthood side of things that's yes, um, stressful and, and wears on yeah. you. So it's like, yeah. um, you know, I like to watch really shitty dumb tv that i don't have to think about like teen mom oh, and i like yeah. to listen to you know 
silly punk rock songs that I've listened to since I was 13 so that I can kind of turn off my mind every and once in a while. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need yeah. joy and dumb and fun and punk and we need that in our lives because as you know, like we're all fighting for like the reproductive life, you know, reproductive rights um, of our lives. We're, we're at a point right now where like, I mean, I think there's a lot, uh, tell me your take because I absolutely stand with Planned Parenthood. I want to see funding going to Planned Parenthood uh, from the states and any way they can get it. I want them to be supported because I think women have the right to choose what they want to do with their bodies and if they want to have kids or not and if they want to have a baby or not. I just It's a very simple human right to me. I'm on that side. I think it's human right. Um, But I also feel like I know that some states are like – uh, really throwing a wrench in a lot of women's ability to get abortions and to get mm-hmm. uh, reproductive services. But I also kind of feel like there's no way, even if it goes to the Supreme Court, like n- there's no world that I, that, there's no world where like abortions be- going to become like illegal. In my opinion, I mean, is that yeah. like, am I just being the kind of person that I, should I be more scared? Because I, I, so. I, I yeah. go ahead. I think, and I, I kind of have spent the last um, week or two listening to some of your past podcasts and like, you know, listening to, I think your first podcast that you did, you're kind of talking about like, um, we we really got to a point before the 2016 election where Trump was saying these things and had, it was proven that he was this way. And we, I think we were all very sure that it could never happen. That's how I felt anyway. I was very sure that he, there was no way he could get elected. Um, There was no way that um, people would let that happen to their neighbors. Um, And then it did. And I had actually interviewed for Planned Parenthood before the weeks leading up to the election. And I accepted the job I was offered the job and accepted the day before the election. And I was still in that mindset that um, we were going to have first woman president of the United States and that my job would be sunshine and rainbows. And, you know, it would, it, it would be fun. And then instead it was a lot of bull crap right off the bat and, a lot of work to be done, which I'm grateful for now because I learned so much because of that. Um, just, you know, hit the ground running and oh fighting. My goodness. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. that you went into yeah. it at that time. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So I think like you asking if, um, you know, if we'd ever get to a point where abortion is illegal here, I don't think so. Um, but I'm very weary of, um, expecting anything at this point because of what happened. Um, and also even if it stays legal, um, which it should, and I hope that that's what happens. Um, all these little, um, roadblocks and laws and, um, regulations in across the country, um, still do prevent access. And I think the important thing when we're looking at these kind of issues is who, what, who does it actually prevent access to or for, um, you know, is it the rich white women? 
that it's that are going to um, not be able to access abortion if um, there's only one abortion provider in the entire state, or is it women of color? Is it queer folks? You know, like it's, right. who does it actually affect the most? And it's or it's what I know to be true is that it's already marginalized communities are who um, are restricted access the most. Yep. And that's a good point too, because if just one person is affected, that's huge. And I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we forget, I forget, I'm like, of course I'm, I want to support these women, but I'm also like, okay, well you can go to like the next place, you know, but a lot of these people maybe can't get on a bus. They don't have the money for like gas to get to that, you know, next city or like wherever they can get that care. Um, I'm very, I don't know. I think I'm hardened by the Trump presidency so far. Like (laughs) I think you were hit the nail on the head because I think I started off when he got elected very like, okay, never again. I'm going to have my eyes wide open. We're never going to be fooled again. Like the who song. (laughs) And, um, now it's like, I'm back to like being like, oh, well this could never happen. That could never happen. Like women will always have access to abortions and like, Mm -hmm. we're never going to be rounded up and put into cages. Like, you know, that terrible TV show, that awesome TV show, but terrible TV show. What is it called? Uh, Yes. Yes. Um, you kind of give me goosebumps because it makes me realize how quickly you can go from being like so upset and, and ready to take a stand and like doing all these protests and like we were all protesting and we were all, Mm -hmm. I mean, even my podcast was like, it wasn't a political podcast, but it lit a fire under my ass. And I think a lot of women, whether they started bands or zines or like whether they did podcasts or, or created groups or community groups in their, in their areas, like, or gave money to Planned Parenthood, like, we all had a fire lit under our ass, and, like, how long can you sustain that, you know? Yeah. And, like, what can we do? Like, what, and also what can musicians and artists do to maybe not make their music political, but, like, how do we stand up for these women that need, you know, access to care and, like, stand up to, like, unjust laws without feeling so bogged down? Like, what can one person do, you know? And I think that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm just, like, I feel fatigued by it, but it's also like kind of a cop out. Like it's kind of bullshit that I don't have an action plan. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's it's hard because everyone gets really fired up when it is like a big issue, like when things do go to Supreme Court or, yeah. you know, and it's hard to get people fired up for these little things like um, like in Utah, you there's only Planned Parenthood is the only abortion provider and the only um, clinic that they're allowed to perform abortions is in Salt Lake city, which is in Northern Utah. So you have this whole, you know, 75% of the state is not within an hour's drive. And they also have a, um, what is it? A 72 hour, I believe I have been away from it for so long, um, waiting period where you have to go to, um, uh, what they call an informed consent session first and then come back 72 hours, three days later um, to wow. actually have, have the procedure or get the um, pills. Uh, so, I mean, those kind of, yeah. yeah, those kind of um, just regulations are not as 
A, easy to explain to people to get the public to rally. And they're just not as like hot and sexy. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. People don't know that those are real life. What is preventing people from gaining access to this healthcare that they need. Um, And so I think to your point, what can artists do? I, I do think that supporting marginalized communities um, is really important and that it doesn't, it doesn't maybe seem like a one-to-one you're, you know, preventing abortion from being um, criminalized or whatever, but it really, that really is where the difference can be made. Um, Listening to uh, marginalized communities and seeing what they really need and what would be helpful and you're just supporting each other, um, I think really can make a big difference. Um, It's like basic stuff. It's like basic human to human. And we always forget that. I always forget that. Like it's just basic human to human stuff. It's not hard. But I do remember feeling a lot more engaged a couple years ago when it was like the Planned Parenthood march, I think. Mm -hmm. There was something. I remember all my girlfriends went out to Planned Parenthood um, in our town in Slow, and like I think we did like a march. And then there was like a big like group of like informational booths and like we were donating – we were like writing postcards to like politicians and we were like – I don't know, just, just together, like working on it together and donating and, and just being, just showing up, you know? And I feel like that yeah. has fizzled a little bit. Definitely. Um, that was, that was my job when I was at Planned Parenthood was kind of like harnessing this momentum that we had gotten after the election. Yeah, it was huge. Finding yeah. things for people to do to keep them engaged. And it was, that was the big challenge of my job. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I have to say, like, I've gotten every single birth control pill I've ever used probably from Planned Parenthood. <laughs> I still go to Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is still where I go to get, like, all my checkups and pap smears and, like, everything. Yeah, it, it was where I got testing before I was monogamous. It's where, I mean, I'm 32 years old and for all intents and purposes, like, I have a pretty good life and, like, living, doing my thing. Um but I still need Planned Parenthood. I can't afford to go to the doctor. I don't have health insurance right now. And even someone like me who you'd think, oh, like, oh, she's probably fine. Like, no, I, I've definitely needed Planned Parenthood. Um, and God forbid if I ever had like an issue where I had like an early indicator for cervical cancer or something like it would come mm-hmm. through Planned Parenthood because they would they test for that stuff. Yeah. Like that's and huge. Think- they do my breast exam. Like. I, I that, am a healthier person because of Planned Parenthood and I'm not necessarily yeah. like the poorest of the poor. I'm not living like I, I can, I can drive to get a, an abortion if I needed to like an hour away. And a lot of a women lot of, can't, you know, a lot of, um, and uh, I mean, I can't speak for every Planned Parenthood office or, um, even employee, you know, like there's, you're, you might have, uh, everyone might have a different experience, but I, I do, think that um, a lot of queer folks feel a little bit more comfortable going to Planned Parenthood because um, Planned Parenthood is no f- known for being um, more open and accepting and understanding um, t- 
to the queer community. Um, again, like I've, I've kind of heard some mixed feedback on that. Um, mm-hmm. and I, so I can't really speak to it too much, but compared to like, you know, especially in Utah where there's a lot of, um, you know, most of the doctors that I went to that weren't from Planned Parenthood were, you know, very LDS white old men that, you know, it's, I think that it it seems a little bit more friendly and I think generally is a little bit more friendly. Um, So that's an important part that I think people don't think about is that a lot of people choose to go to Planned Parenthood, not even for um, cost reasons, but right uh, for, you know, um, the just, care that they receive. And just feeling like a human being and like being yeah. taken care of. Like our, our healthcare system in general is really fucked up and it's just the, mm-hmm. the women need, we need health, general healthcare too, but like as women, we have uteruses and like we have a lot of issues that like you can't ignore and like we need to have access to to these services. I mean, not just women, but especially women <laughs> It's, yeah. it's just ridiculous to me to think that, like, to throw the baby out with the bathwater, like, not to be. <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> pun. Terrible pun. But um, uh, it's like, yeah, abortions are one thing. But, like, there's a lot of other care that's put that's out there, especially, like, HIV testing mm-hmm. and, and um, condoms and other kinds of contraception that, like, men and women and trans people use. Like, this is not and, – and, and once I start talking about that, I start thinking about, like – you know, schools that aren't teaching reproductive um, oh gosh, classes. Yes. And you're like, are, do you live on the moon? Like, do you literally live on the moon? Like, like the minute teenagers hit puberty, all they want to do is fuck. Like, hello, yeah. you were a teenager and you probably humped your pillow at night. Like people fuck each other. Yeah. Kids I was thinking fuck that each other. other. Like <laughs> I was thinking that the other day, um, cause a lot of parents, use this logic when they're talking about uh, getting swimming lessons for their children, you know. What? Thinking about it the other night that parents can easily apply this logic to swimming lessons for their young children, uh, you know, especially their kids that, um, you know, the water babies, like kids that are attracted to water. Um, they, they use this logic of um, my kids – likes water my kids attracted to water if there's a pool my kids probably going to want to get in this pool if I'm not around I want my kid to know how to um protect themselves in the water so they teach like these little little kids um how to float in water in case they ever fall in a pool or something like that so I've heard parents use this logic there but it's so weird to me that they can't apply the same logic to sex education because 10 years later this same kid is going to be attracted and going to want to do sex stuff and why not give them the tools that they can effectively uh protect themselves wow you know it's it's just as important it's not that hard like it it's so weird to me that um people can't see it that way how important it is to have um thorough um um i can't think of the right word but uh, inclusive sex education that's Um, incredible that's a great analogy it's a great analogy because instead (laughs) of the kid but instead of the kid dying because they they you know jumped in a pool and couldn't swim it's like they're creating life accidentally (laughs) you know 
mm-hmm. which is just as terrifying. Maybe not just as terrifying, but uh, pretty pretty bad, you know. Well, I mean, just it, it. I think you know it's it's and STDs, yeah. you know. Yeah, and it's it could change your life, and it will and, change your life. Yeah, and you know you're you're ruining not ruining you're changing the potential that um, <laughs> this kid had, I guess. Let's be um, honest. If you're 13 and you're having a baby, you're ruining someone's life because they, they yeah. you know, it's just not probably, probably your parents. Cause they're the ones that are going to have to like take care of it or right. something. Not to be super judgy. I'm not being yeah. judgy, but um, I, I definitely, I'm glad that you're talking about these issues because you have, you're very eloquent and you are obviously like you, your head is in this every day. And I think a lot of us like go in and out of outrage and it's like, that's not very useful. Like we're, we're the, the media is um, like poking us into constant outrage porn where, you know, you, these are designated times to be mad about Planned Parenthood and yeah. to, to give money. And then there's times to like not care. And then there's times, you know, oh, this person did this or said this. And um, if you really care about this cause, you should be consistently educating yourself and, I'm guilty of sometimes just becoming disengaged, I think, from the entire, like, news cycle in a way yeah. that's just is not in line with my values. So It's a long game. Like, you need to take care of yourself and um, preserve your energy when you need to so that you can keep fighting because I think it is really easy to get burnt out. Um, and I guess we could we could tie that back to get our back to screeching weasel there, Haley. We could that's how my <laughs> that's a, again how I kind of check out and recharge um, is listening to these silly yeah. punk rock songs and going to punk rock shows and yeah, um, yeah it's not again you like, can have both right yeah Kelsey, you, you can, can have, have both you can have both people I think that's something that I've learned too is um, people are complex and there's not um, black and white of really anything. There's many, many, many shades of gray, um, for pretty much any, um, human aspect. Um, so I can be a feminist that thinks really hard about all these issues and does what I can, um, when I can, but then I can also be a fan of, um, the silly nineties, um, pop punk band that um I think you mean very important the most important band uh, of our generation no I'm just kidding I, I, I think like I the more it's yeah the more I listen to like the dummy room and really do see how all these bands were like influenced by them it's they're pretty I mean we wouldn't have there'd yeah. be a lot of, there'd be a lot of art missing from the world if absolutely. it wasn't for absolutely and I and I wear that reference on my sleeve, even though some people look at me like, "What?" Yeah. Um. But it's like, here's my point. It's like all these annoying baby boomers get to be like, "The Beatles were so amazing." The Beatles, oh my god, like they they just really invented rock and roll. And it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> whatever. But how come they get to be all obsessed with the Beatles and like I can't be like the same way about Green Day or something like? Yeah, it, uh, uh, it, it is comparable, sir. It is comparable. Yeah, like the, the change. Yeah, they're, they're, they're silly songs about girls. Like, yeah, like same thing. I want to hold your hand. Okay, you know. So it's it's uh it's to each his own and to her own. And I would like to make sure that people know that you know 
no matter how intelligent and smart and intellectually perfect you think you are and how woke you are, you got to have fun. You got to have joy. That's what I'm doing in the music space right now. My songs are definitely weird and, and definitely come from my point of view. So in that sense, they're like somewhat not political, but like they're coming from like a powerful woman's place and perspective, but like, it's all about fun. It's all about like enjoying your life while you can. Um, because like you said, yeah. if you're going to fight, if you're going to fight these struggles and fight the good fight, you have to like, you know, do the twist, you know, you got to do, you got to do both. <laughs> it's not one or the other. You need the twist do and that. you need like the, the titty twister. Groin o- oh, gro- ramp Rama as Ben calls it in. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, so that was one of those lyrics where I didn't know what he was saying yeah, for a long time. Totally. Yep. And then when yep. I did, I was like, Oh, oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, I know. It's funny. <laughs> he dedicated that song to me and my friend Heis, uh when we went to the Seattle show. That was really cool. That was our first show that we got to see together um, after ten years of being uh, pen pals. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. So Heis is from South Africa, and we met back in the MySpace days, um, and we're real life like writing on paper pen pals. We would send music back and forth. Um, that's amazing. For a decade. And then he finally um, moved out here to the States for a job and um, came out for my 30th birthday to Salt Lake City. So we met for the first time. And then for my birthday, he bought um, us tickets to the Screeching Weasel show in uh, Seattle. So we went and saw that together, got to see him. And we'd been that show. There was like a VIP uh, add on. So we did the VIP. And so we got to. Um, oh. talk to the band and I introduced Ben to Heiss and told him the story. And so they dedicated that song to us. That was really cool. Oh my so it's God. always been one of my favorite songs. Your show is so much fun. <laughs> Thank you, Kelsey. I knew you would support. You're not just an internet I, friend to me. And I, I love my yellow vinyl so much. Oh, that makes me so happy. Um, yes, you're not just an internet friend to me. If I was still in the the letter writing vibe, which I kind of do every <laughs> once in a while, but I would write you a letter with lots of stickers on it. So <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I still had the hookup on all the Planned Parenthood swag. We did. Okay. We did some cool swag. Um, I decided that we should do patches. Oh, I love that. Um, of course. Cause it's like punk rock patches. So yeah. I got, I talked my boss into letting us um, do a patch program where that was kind of one of my strategies to get all these people that had signed up to volunteer um, after the election to keep them engaged was like, okay, if you do these activities, you can earn a patch. So there's this really cool patch program that's still going on in the really? Utah, the Utah Planned Parenthood. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wish I still had a hookup on that so I could send you some stuff. But, oh, anyway, I, so- I have an extra coloring book that I need to send you. Oh yes. So if people want to get involved in Planned Parenthood, in their own community, um, not not in Planned Parenthood, but but in supporting Planned Parenthood, um, are there different routes that they can take? And can they email you? Is there an email that you can share that we can share in the show notes so people can like get involved? Yeah, um, I mean the the easiest thing to do. I mean Planned Parenthood is very good at um, being um, available. So I mean if you just go to PlannedParenthood.org. Okay, so we have two more things to do before we say goodbye. So sad, but it's been a lovely chat. Um, the first thing is, what is what is the Screeching Weasel song that you're feeling right now? 
And it could also be a Ben Weasel solo um, situation. Or Riverdale's? I'm going to say no. Okay. The only reason Why I'm saying the only reason I'm saying no Riverdale's is because I've been on a, a mega 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 Riverdale's like insane like just playing like every Riverdale's album over and over again on my Spotify uh-huh. like I don't even know why I'm just like having a Riverdale's kick and I just feel like I don't want to play Riverdale's song um Screeching Weasel and or Ben Weasel solo go Ooh. if for the song that, that you are feeling at this moment in your life like what's what's the song is there one that you're gravitating around or going back to? So one of my favorite songs is Outside of You. Yeah. what Riverdale song would you have said so yeah that I was like anticipating that and I was for some reason I was also drawn to Riverdale's um this like, week uh-huh. and um I was thinking um um Girls Town or Bad Seed Baby oh totally those are like two of my favorites oh my god so good. It's, yeah, I, ha- I, I have the tarantula 
tattooed on my shoulder. Right. When you said that, I was like, that's right. Cause that's their best. That's the best one. Right on. You're, you're correct. Ding, ding, ding. You didn't fuck that up. <laughs> Did um, I fuck other things up? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't fuck up that tattoo. Um, but yeah, Girls Town is one of my all-time favorites and like one of those songs I can put on like 8,000 8, times and I'm still singing along. Um, lately, I've been gravitating towards like Gemini Man. Not sure that why. One, that one's funny because that's like um, Ed's, Eddie's my Gemini Man. So I always like say that to him. Well, I'm a Gemini. So that, that was a, and I'm yeah, a Gemini. Right. Wait, are you a Gemini? No, you're not. No, Taurus because I'm May 13th. Right. Yeah. So maybe it's because I had Gemini season, but like that song I've been gravitating more towards um oh yes and then our second portion of the the closing of this miraculous uh meeting of two weasel fans is to tell me how you sparkle and destroy because as you know you may not know um, you know <laughs> you listen to this podcast um i believe in sparkling and shining and like bringing your gifts to the world and also destroying all of the terrible things in your path and i wonder if you have anything to speak on the subject how you do that or how you're uh, working on doing that? Maybe like a special Chicago version of Sparkle and Destroy that, that, um, that includes um, hot dogs? Hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I was really bummed to hear that you guys never got pizza. Did you? Okay, so you. Th- this was not a snub against your pizza, Kelsey. It was a... I blame the drummer because Dougie, our drummer, was like, we're going to go to the special yeah, pizza place. Yeah, because I, I had offered to bring you guys pizza from Ed's work. And then you said that you were going to get it after, so I didn't bring you any. I know, and I feel like a fucking idiot. (laughs) It's like literally one of the regrets I'm going to go to the grave with because I remember after that night, I'm like, but we never even got pizza, and we were so close to getting pizza because, of course, you could have brought it, and you were going to bring it. So this is a rain check. We're coming back to Chicago in October, so we're fucking doing it. Yeah, you guys are you guys are closer to um, my house but when you're coming back because you're at Brower House, so you're kind of in yeah. the suburbs too. So we're gonna rock suburbia. We're gonna rack. Yeah. We're gonna rack suburbia. We should do a cover of Hey Suburbia. Oh my god, yes. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Um, so yeah, sorry. What I do to sparkle and destroy yes. Chicago style. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think kind of. I wasn't really planning on this being the running theme, but it kind of feels right. Um, I think just the fact of me moving to Chicago uh, really rejuvenated me, revitalized me, because I got out of um, some really soul-sucking situations that I was in. Um, uh, So I think... Like avoid, people like to say like avoid burnout and self care and all that stuff. Um, but I think even beyond that, doing what's true to yourself and what's going to keep you um, energized and going to keep up the fight. Yeah, I think is is really important. And um, what I've seen throughout my life and why I I do feel like I can stay in it because I balance, um, the work with, um, the more fun stuff and packing up my life and moving to Chicago. So <laughs> and having fun and, um, you know, being around, I, you know, Ed's, Ed's very, has been a really good, um, person to have in my life. Um, you know, rather than 
taking away my energy. He really adds to my energy. Um, so I feel more uh, ready to go get him, I guess. Ah, that's lovely. Whether it's, you know, a Chicago dog or a Chicago man <laughs> <laughs> or a drummer <laughs> um, or just turning on your favorite music. Um, do what you got to do to, you know, recharge your batteries, self-care be damned. I mean, I, I believe in that, but I also think it's thrown around quite a bit. It's like self-care doesn't have to be a bubble bath. It can be a punk show. So (laughs) go out to those punk shows, have fun and be a super fan. So thank you, Kelsey. I really appreciate you being on the show. This has been such a fun uh, chat. Yeah. Thank you for doing the show. I really have enjoyed going back and listening to the older episodes and look forward to more. And I think, I think you really are doing good work and getting um, information out to people that is needed and is is helpful. Well, thanks so much. And there you have it. I have somehow combined women's liberation with Screeching Weasel. You're welcome. Thank you all for listening to the show. Um, If you want to hear about the tour dates, uh, go to uh, HaleyandTheCrushers.com and see all the shows. Um, I did play uh, Screeching Weasel's song Outside of You from Television City Dream. Uh, You heard at the top of the show um, Haley and the Crushers' song I Don't Want to Be Like Johnny Ramone. And I'm going to close this one out with Gemini Man because – It's my show, and I'm feeling the song right now um, by the Riverdales. So um, I'll see you guys later. Sparkle and destroy!